Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I do believe this is a season of revival. Like, I don't understand it, really don't get it. To be honest with you, I'm just as confused as a lot of people, but like, I believe, it, I believe it's the day. And uh, if you need reviving in your heart, today's the day. And I believe he wants to meet you right where you are. And he's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of where you've been. He's not afraid of where you're headed. He wants to go with you, and he wants you to go with him. He's calling you. I believe that's why we're sitting in this room. He's calling you. He loves you. That's why he's brought you in this room. And one of those guys that he brought into the room a few years ago with uh, his lovely wife, Michaelana, Jay. Uh, Jay, come on up here, man. Jay's going to be leading us today. He's going to be sharing his story. Jay, it's been an honor to watch uh, God continue and just the awesome journey of just like watching what God has done in and through you and Michaelana and then watching that story continue unfold. And I can't wait for you to share that today. Yes. And walking with you, brother, has been one of the greatest joys of my life. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, First and foremost, I just want to say that I am truly grateful to be standing here today. Um, as I look back over my life, as Jay was saying, uh, the points leading up to now, uh, I know that it's only by God's grace that I'm standing here. Uh, I'm excited to share with you all a part of my story, but more specifically, a time in my life where prayer was the lifeline that I had to keep going. Prayer had given me uh, peace in the midst of my chaos. Prayer had gave me strength when I felt that I was weak. Uh, it became very crucial in this specific time in my life. And my hope today is that as I share with you some of the things that I've learned about prayer in that season, is uh, that you walk away with a blessed, with a blessed uh, uh, knowing of who God is. Uh, but before we get started, I want to take a moment to invite God into our hearts and our minds. Uh, right where you are, if you have a second, let's just ask God to, to speak to us today. Father, the flower fades and the grass withers, but your word shall stand forever. I'm asking, we are asking, Father, that you speak to us today. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Bless the word, Father. I don't need them to see me. I just want them to see you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My, my oldest son, Elijah, <laughs> uh, he's in this season of life where he likes to pray for everything and everyone, and he doesn't mind taking his time to do it. Uh, the other day, I had asked him to, to bless the food before we ate, and he started praying, and about 30 minutes in, I was trying to force him to say amen because he wanted to pray about the, the, the kids that he know, the, the Power Rangers. Uh, trucks and everything else. Didn't say anything about the food, but he wanted to pray for everything else. And um, he was playing with his brother the other day and, and uh, bumped his foot. Nothing was broken. There was no scratch. There was no tears. 
And he runs up to his mom in a panic, and he's like, Mom, uh, I need you to pray for my foot because I need healing for it. And, and so I think it's truly a blessing, but it doesn't stop there. I want to show you guys a picture. Uh, <laughs> this is in the children's church, right? So one of the kids that got injured in the four- and five-year-old class, or just maybe hurt, maybe bumped their knee or something, and they decided to lay hands on that person and to pray over them. What a, what a beautiful picture of that. I truly believe that prayer is a very powerful thing. I've seen prayer do some amazing things. I've seen prayer uh, uh, open up doors to new jobs or new homes. I've seen prayer uh, um, heal people as they, someone with, uh, with an with the injury somewhere specifically, and somebody touched them and laid hands on them and began to pray, asking God to heal them, and they were healed. I've seen prayer contradict medical science as uh, uh, in my own life group, uh, there was a, there's a, a couple that had been praying, wanting a child. And they went to the doctor, and the doctor told them that the chances are slim. And we began to pray over them. We began to ask God to give them the child. And nine months later, we were celebrating the birth of their first child. I've seen prayer transform broken, hurting people as they had an encounter with God, and it, and it blessed them so much that their lives would never be the same. And I want to say, if, you're, if you've come here today feeling broken or hurt, if you've come here today thinking that your life is in a mess and it's out of control, if you've come here today thinking that you're not enough, I want you to know that you're not alone. And I also want you to know that God wants to, he's speaking to you right now, and he wants you to give all of that to him. Give him your brokenness. Give him your hurt and your pain. He'll take it and he'll, he'll transform it into something beautiful. I am truly, <laughs> I'm standing here today as a living testimony of God's goodness. I know that it's only by God's grace that I'm here. There was a season in my life that was in so much chaos that I couldn't see my way clear. I didn't know how to get out of it. And I began to pray, asking God to, to help me. That particular time in my life uh, is what I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. And the thing about it, there was a space where I was at the lowest place that I'd ever been. And this is my testimony. The lowest place I've ever been. Thoughts of suicide. I'm not worth it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't deserve to be here anymore. And God met me there. He came to me in that space, and he took all of my brokenness, he took all of the messes that I created for myself, and he transformed it into something beautiful. And this is the thing. Not only did it bless me, but it blessed the people around me. And I, I can assure you that is exactly what the Father wants to do for you all today. There's a particular story in the Bible that talks about a time where God's chosen people of Israel had turned away from him. They began to mimic and follow the rest of the world. And God uses a potter and a uh, spoiled, marred lump of clay to explain to Jeremiah the depths of his love for Israel. And if you have a moment, I want to turn to that together. It is Jeremiah 18, verse 4. And we're going to read down to six. 
I'll give you a moment to get there. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, O house of Israel. Can I not do with you as this potter has done? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God is telling Jeremiah in that particular scripture that even though Israel had turned away from him. It's not too late. That's a word for somebody in this room. God is saying that he wants Israel to give him their brokenness, to turn back to him so that he can transform it into something beautiful. And I know as I I say that, some of you in the room today are thinking, Jay, if you only knew the messes in my life, if you only knew the, the pain and the trauma that I feel, if you only knew how much I feel like I'm not enough, you would know how difficult it is to believe that God could turn my life into a blessing, that God could use me. And I'm here to encourage you that the Father is wanting to do that. He is wanting you to give him your brokenness. He is wanting you to give him your hurt and your pain so that he can transform it into something beautiful. The most challenging season that I ever faced was my season of imprisonment. I lost my mom when I was 14. That was pretty tough. It was sudden. I came home, I found her. She had had a brain aneurysm. But the fear The anxiety that I felt having to go to prison was a different level. I remember on the day going to court, my good friend, brother Jay, went with me. The longest trip of my life. You didn't know it because I looked cool in the car. I looked like, man, I got this. But that was the longest trip (laughs) to the court in my life. Uh, We got there, and I want to say, Jay, thank you so much for your willingness to jump in the mud with me. Jacob as well, thank you so much for being a friend to support me. And, and not only uh, in, in a way of just uh, trying to come alongside me, but being a crutch. Because there were days where I was like, man, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to I give up. And you guys were very crucial, along with uh, my life group, um, very supportive and was able to give me scripture to give me strength to keep going, so thank you so much. That day in court, I was sentenced to two years in prison, federal prison. And I remember, uh, due to COVID, I didn't have to go right away. That was a blessing. I was able to go back home with you, but we didn't know that going there. But um, I remember getting back in the car (laughs) and immediately beginning to pray, like, God, remove this prison thing from my life. I don't wanna do it, I don't wanna go. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I'm okay. I don't need it. (laughs) Um, We began to pray, asking God to change my situation. And the first thing that I learned about prayer is this. Sometimes your prayers don't change or fix your situations. Sometimes your prayers 
they just change you. That is a powerful statement. Sometimes your prayers don't change or fix your situations. Sometimes they just change you. At some point along the way, leading up to the time for me to go to prison, my prayers had changed from, Father, remove prison from my life, to, Father, will you equip me to go? Will you give me the heart and the mind to go to those that you send me to? And it wasn't because I just changed. I believe it was because as I was walking with the Father, the more and more I walked with him, the more I was at peace with going and knowing that he was in control. The other part of that, there's a, there's a beautiful story in that. There's a small, beautiful story within that. Not only was I praying, asking God to equip me to go, but I was also praying for provision for my family. I was praying as a father, a husband. Uh, I was praying that God would provide a place for my family to stay. And babe, we, we prayed on it for a while, and we was like, I guess the best option is to move to Kingsport back with your, with your mom and dad. And um, one night, we're walking downtown. Uh, Tuesday nights, we typically go downtown. We, we ask God to lead us to people. We pray with them. We encourage them. And this particular night, I had the pleasure of meeting my good brother, Quinn. Uh, up until that point, Quinn and I didn't really know each other. Um, and so we had an opportunity to, to share our stories with each other. And the next day, I shared maybe a little bit about me going to prison, but not a lot, not a lot of detail, right? And the next day, Quinn calls me and said, hey, uh, I spoke to my wife, and we want to help. We want to we help you guys uh, 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 find a place to live. And immediately, I was like, Quinn, that's great, but I need you to know this is not just a weekend at Bernie's. I'm going to be going for for about two years. <laughs> so uh, the whole thought of like helping, and he, 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 uh, he probably doesn't remember this, but he said, bro, it's okay. Like we want to help. We're going to help. We prayed on it. God is, at, you know, God is allowing us to be able to do it. We want to do it. He doesn't know this, but immediately tears started to flow. And I was just thanking um, God for Quinn and Brittany's heart to allow us to have a place to live for over two years. That is, that is all God, and that's their willingness, their yes, to say, we want to help. I want to fast forward a little to a particular time. At this point, I had been in prison for about two or three months. And anybody in the room that's been, it's a lonely place. One night I was sitting in my cell, and uh, a spirit of fear came over me. And I began to have these thoughts of never leaving prison. You hear about guys that get short sentences, they go. They get into a fight, they get into something, and they end up being there forever. And I had this fear, and this, these thoughts of never leaving prison began to just rush my mind. 
so much so that it affected me physically. I, I began to feel like I, I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was suffocating. And, and with any thought of my family, my friends, my life group, my church, uh, uh, any of those thoughts, I would just feel like I was suffocating more and more. And I remember typically in those, in those situations, I, wouldn't, I would pray asking God to remove the thoughts away from me and to protect me and to, to rescue me. But this particular night, I just began to praise him. I began to say who he is and, and, and start calling out, you are, the, you are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You are the Alpha and the Omega. And the thing that I learned is you don't always need to pray about your circumstances or situations. Sometimes it's okay to just praise God. <laughs> and, and I got to be honest, I've been to a lot of great places and heard a lot of great praise and worship music, but I never praised God like I did that night in that prison cell by myself. <laughs> and the way he showed up into that, I just began to call out Jehovah Jireh, you are my provider. Jehovah Nisi, you are the banner that goes before me. Jehovah Shalom, you are my peace. And as I was saying those things right until the end, I said to, I said to, to God, I was, you were my father and I am your son. And in this very moment, I wanna feel your love. And I'm gonna try not to cry here, I'm gonna try hard. I want to feel your love. And in an instant, God gave me this vision that was so powerful. He allowed me to see the church, Midtown, praying for me. He allowed me to see my family, my life group, my friends praying for me. And the way, that it, the way that it worked, it was that like the first room, they were all in different rooms. And the first room, it was this. It was Midtown Community uh, uh, standing together, holding hands and praying over me. And then it went into uh, a small room where Tim, Otho, Jim, and Mama Jen were in the same, Jennifer Smith, they were in this room. And this was so powerful. As they were writing letters to me, to prison. They were praying. And then it went to my life group. And then in my life group, it was a, it was in Kelsey and Marty's house. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was in Kelsey and Marty's house, and they were holding hands, all of my life group together with praise and worship music on, and they were praying over me. And then it went, it went to my wife and my children, and right before bed, they were praying for daddy. It went to my in-laws, And as they, were, as they were praying, they had their scriptures open, speaking scriptures over me. They went to my family back home, and they were praying over me. My friends, as they were riding in their cars, listening to praise and worship, they were praying over me. And I remember thinking in that moment, 
I never really knew how much God loved me. Somebody needs to hear that today. You really could never grasp the depths of his love. It's endless. He was with me while I was away. Paul, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, that I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from the love of God. That is a powerful statement. But the thing that strikes me or hits me the hardest is that the fact that Paul takes the time to write that he was convinced. That means that there was a season in Paul's life where he would think back to his past when he was persecuting Christians. And he said, surely God, you can't use me. I was the one that was throwing him in jail. How can you use me? There was a time in Paul's life where he thought, God, I, I just don't see how you can turn this mess that I've made into a blessing. But then he started to have experiences with God. He began to go places. He was stoned in Lystra. He was thrown in prison. But he realized that God is with me and there's no, there's no end to God's love. Paul was convinced. The beginning of my story when I was first sentenced to prison, I wasn't convinced of God's love. Though I was saved, though I was preaching and teaching and, and praying with others, I wasn't convinced. I wasn't convinced that God could take my prison, my, my prison sentence and turn it into a blessing. I wasn't convinced that God could use me still knowing that I have to go there. That's why I began to pray, asking God to remove it. Remove prison. I need you to remove it so that I can be better for you. I went. I was discouraged. But the craziest thing, I get to prison, Bible study groups break out. Salvation for inmates took place. Healing physically and mentally. I'm laying hands on prisoners. I, I, led a, I led a guard to Christ. They didn't know what they were getting when they brought me there. Revival happened in that place. We prayed, we, pray, we titled it Mass Exodus. About 40 inmates from all over the world Federal prison, you're in there with everything. We prayed asking God to open the doors to prisons all over the world. You know what happened? Because of COVID, the federal prison came down with a regulation that says, if you are a nonviolent offender, if you are, um, and if this is only your first offense, go home. I watched three men who had, they still had 10 years left on their sentence, walk out of there praising God, <laughs> going home to their families praising God. The power of prayer. We're going to sing this last song. I was talking to Jay earlier, and I was asking him, how should I close this? How should I, how should we end this? And he began to just speak. And what he was saying was right on the net. And it's funny because he just got it today. You just got this today. And I was like, Jay, we, I don't want to close it. You have to. But this is the thing. 
We're going to sing this last song, but I want to open, I want to open it up for prayer and for response. Jay, you can go ahead and come up, please. God, I need you guys to know that my story, I was sentenced to prison for two years. I went, I'm back. That is a mess. Somebody needs to hear that today. That is a mess. I'm a husband. I have children. I have a wife. I had a job. That's a mess. But God took it because I gave it to him. I said, God, I don't know what to do with it. You got to help me with this. And I gave it to him. And I watched. I witnessed my church. I, watched, I witnessed my family. I witnessed my friends. I witnessed my life group. I witnessed so many people that, that, that because of that horrific experience, still get blessed through it. And you guys need to know today that if there's anybody here today that's needing to know that, that even if your life is in a mess, it's okay. God is saying, give it to me, just like he told Jeremiah, give it to me. I want to put it back in my hands so that I can transform it. I want to transform it into a blessing. Your mess is a blessing. Jay, let me give it to you. Let me put this over here. Thanks, man. This is awesome. Praise God for what he's doing in your life, has done, and will continue to do, man. I thought the Lord gave me a verse. I shared it in my life group this week. But I didn't know he was going to piece this thing together in a really unique way. And I, I pray it just speaks to each one of us. Because there's a reason why Tim Haley, Mama Jen, Otho, Jim, Jim write those letters. They gave up their time. Yes. We don't recognize that enough, but like a sacrificial. Absolutely. The reason they sacrifice is because there is one who sacrificed for them that has captivated their heart and moved them to then move like Jesus. A burden gets lifted because Jesus manifests in their life as it should and as it will. This man experienced Jesus through Jesus' hands and feet, Jesus coming alive in them. You experienced Jesus. The love that he showed you was the love that he gave you through each piece of Amen. this place. Absolutely. His people. This is Jesus. Do you know who you are? And when we come to Jesus and we're baptized into him, we die and he promises to piece us together right there. We are whole in him. You're made and set apart for purpose. And I think many people, we make these decisions and we don't really believe what he said he would make us. He made you his holy set apart person. The Lord led me to Zechariah this week. And in Zechariah chapter 14, he says that in those days, it's a prophetic word, in those days, here's what's gonna take place. In those days, the pots in the house of the Lord shall be as the bowls before the altar. Yes. Powerful statement. Means every pot Come on. that's been brought into the house of the Lord will be used for the most holy of purposes. Now, some pots are ornate and beautiful, and some seem like they're small and they don't hold much. 
They're made for the same purpose. They're set apart for the same reason. The holiest purpose. And if you've come to Jesus and you've put your faith in him, I maybe you have worn yourself out trying to fix up the pot that you see yourself as. If I could only get to this place, if I could only do this thing, then I would be something special in the eyes of my father. God would be proud of me. The passage says something so true, and it's the freedom of the good news of the gospel. You don't have to worry about the vessel you are. If you've trusted the pieces into the potter's hands, he's going to make the vessel he wants. Have you trusted him? I'm not proud of the vessel you made, God. And he said, but I am. And in fact, those things that you're not super proud of, I want to show myself off of my power off through you. Because in the thing that you perceive as weakness, my power is going to be made super strong. And so the key in this, and for us, is you say, I don't have much, but I got a pen at my house, you know? Lord, what could you do with me? That doesn't seem like much. And I know that y'all probably didn't realize what you were doing. You know, you didn't. This man and now us are experiencing the blessing of people picking up a pen today. Is anybody in awe of God? The little thing that we thought was nothing is massive. It's moving to the masses. And then think about this for a moment. The inspiration that he's given us to see and experience the love of God is going to send us out into the world to then connect with people in a very unique way for them to experience something they've never experienced. Think about the ripple effect it was for 15 minutes to write a letter. Oh my goodness. For God. God is amazing. He loves you so much. Here's what I believe he's asked us to do. If your life is in pieces... There's only one way to put it together and you can't do it. No amount of work, no amount of striving, no fixing can put those pieces back together and hold them together for any amount of time. Here's the key. If your life is in shambles, if it feels like it's broken pieces, you bring it to the master potter. His name is Jesus he has all spiritual authority in heaven and on earth. He earned that right. And he paid for, he paid the price for each one of us to be put back together perfectly. His name is Jesus. If your life is broken, bring it to Jesus today. He wants to meet you right in your brokenness and he's not afraid of it. He's gonna piece things together in a way that you couldn't even imagine. Bring in the pieces. And you just speak this to him, Jesus, I bring you the pieces of my life and I offer them to you. That's it. Let him move in your life and he's gonna meet you right there. If you wanna talk more about that, we'd love to talk more about that. But here's what we're invited to if you've come to Jesus. I believe this is the season of revival. And the way we are revived is to believe and grab hold of the promises of God, the truths of God. The truth in Zechariah chapter 14 is for you, O daughter. It's for you, O son. 
If you have come into Christ, then you are a pot in the master's house, the temple of the living God. Do you know who you are? Offer that pot of your life to him once again. Say, pour out your spirit upon and within and through. Take me where you want me to go and then pour me out as you see fit. This is what you were made for. And the place he sends you and the people he takes you to might seem like it's nothing, but it's going to multiply. It's going to do more than you can think or imagine. A writing of a letter to a man who's in prison, you don't know what it's about to do. Be moved by his love and watch him work. My focus is not what happens. My focus is on the identity of who he is and what he has called me into himself. You no matter what pot you look like today, will be as the holiest of vessels in the temple of the living God. This is who you are. Receive it today. This is who you are, daughter. This is who you are, son. Not by your work, but by the precious work of our Savior who loved us and pieced us together, the pot, the vessel he wanted to make us. This is the blessing to receive. And as you receive it, it will free you up to do the work you were always called and be and call it into. Rest with your Savior who has loved you so much and pieced you together just the way he wants. Offer the vessel that you are to him now. And if that's you, I pray, I pray because it's all of us. We're gonna receive this song as the blessing over our life. And if in this song you say, I really need specific prayer, I would love to, we would love to pray. We'll have prayer people and team, y'all come. If you want to pray, come pray with people. If you just say, I want prayer, come for prayer. God's going to meet you. He's going to bring healing to the places you feel like is cracked and broken. Let's receive this song of our life and these prayers. You come if the Lord leads you.